to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have uh, Blake returning to the show this week. We're going to be chatting all about uh, the canceled Star Wars TV shows and movies that have uh, never happened across uh, the last uh, 40-something odd years now, and uh, there's a, a decent amount of stuff to talk about. The subseries is called Drip Star Wars, and if you didn't check it out last time, uh, we did uh, a, an episode about all the canceled video games and such only uh, about a week and a half ago now, so be sure to check that out. We're going to be getting into uh, all this crazy stuff, as well as some of the revived content, so uh, let's give it a go. Welcome back, Sir Blake. Hello, hello. Yeah, glad to be back. Glad to have you back. And uh, just a disclaimer for anyone listening: if we run into any technical issues and stuff, we are testing out some new equipment here. So uh, that's always exciting. Hopefully, this goes all right. <laughs> um, we uh, we got a lot of of uh, I guess subjects to cover. I mean, last well, last episode. I shouldn't say last week. Technically, it was the week before, but uh, the last episode that we did, we had uh, like 39 items on a list to cover, which was all the canceled video games ever made. That was a lot. There's quite a few games in there. It was far more than I had originally anticipated us talking about. How much much did you think there was before we started doing the episode? I know that Lucasfilm is kind of notorious for canceling stuff. But I still thought it would be closer to 10, not 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you start getting into uh, all the nitty-gritty and everything, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty nuts. It, it amounts to a lot. And let's, let's be honest, and it is surprising unto itself, that EA canceled about half of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. EA's, EA's gone, you know, through the whole... The, the roller coaster of, of producing Star Wars games, and ironically enough, out of all the things that they've canceled and this and that over the years, uh, they still haven't done that much with the license. So Not I, really. I think everyone's That's... really thankful that it's now just no man's land, right? No exclusive rights to EA anymore. Yeah, for sure. I know I was pretty bummed when they announced that in the first place because I already was kind of iffy about EA because they've always been more of like a corporation than yeah. a, a, like a a creative studio. Yeah. And my most experience with them is just watching them buy all the companies I like. And then the companies I like don't make anything anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's just the reality we live in these days too, which is kind of unfortunate because it's all about the, it's all about the console war and the streaming war these days. So, I mean, it's always, it's Microsoft and Sony going head to head and all those two big corporations buying up all these little startups and this and that. And 
all the indie games go away and you know all of a sudden you get a studio of 50 people or 100 people or whatever contributing to the next uh fallen order or whatever right like it's it's uh it's just the way the business works i guess and uh it's a monopoly right yeah it's going more and more towards that that's for sure yeah you know when people are dropping 500 dollars on a new console uh it gets tough because you know if you don't if you're not biased to one or the other and you're trying to decide which one to buy it's it's like oh well on the one hand you know on xbox i get the halo and the forza and you know this and that and then on the other hand if i buy a playstation i get spider-man and you know whatever else and so it, it gets a little tough to try and decide which one you want and and at at the end of the day it's all about those exclusive licenses and stuff so you know sony's really coming out on top lately with all the the kotor remake stuff having exclusive license for that for a couple months that's crazy it was just temporary i believe it's just temporary that's what they're saying online Uh, i don't know if it's been publicly released as that kind of information because they don't want it probably Here's my theory is that it probably uh, goes against their marketing uh, agreement with Sony to market it as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. But in reality, it's not going to stay that way. It's probably going to be released after six months to a year, maybe on all the other platforms. Yeah, so, after everyone's made the initial purchase, essentially. Yeah, yeah kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, that was that was another game that was launched on PlayStation, and then you can buy that on everything now. So Okay. It's funny that it's, you know, quote-unquote, exclusive to Sony or PlayStation now when the original games were exclu- exclusive to Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is funny. You know, it's funny how things work out. The, the uh, I guess the... Comfort circle uh, is, is the expression I'm looking for, but yeah, I mean it kind of works on my favorite because I was leaning PlayStation this time around anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. PlayStation's been coming out on top, that's for sure. Uh, so this week being uh, all about the canceled movies and and shows and and all that, we also have some stuff on the list uh, counting revived content as well as uh, a brief mention for the coming soon projects we're all looking forward to. Um, Cancelled TV shows. We're just going to start off with the couple that I was able to find. Uh, One of them is technically a TV movie, but, you know, that just kind of falls under that category. Uh, So first up on the list is uh, Star Wars Underworld. This is not the official title. It was more like a working title. And uh, I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but uh, George Lucas talked uh, very frequently about a live action tv show that he wanted to make back when uh, the prequels were wrapping up and uh there was about uh how many scripts i think was it um it was about 50 hours worth of worth of tv scripts uh there was supposed to be a hundred planned episodes with an idea to make uh, a show that totaled around 400 by the time they were finished which is quite a lot uh and uh, star wars underworld was set between episodes three and four and would have been uh, very much evolving around characters within the underworld. So very much like Mandalorian. It's it's all about bounty hunters and and uh, that side of the Star Wars galaxy. Only a different time period because right. it's after Revenge of the Sith and before New Hope versus after Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know, and Star Wars Underworld, uh, I, I believe, could have pulled some threads from the canceled video game Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which we were all looking forward to very much. Um, but uh, you know, that was a slightly different timeline, I think. But this show was in 
a rough kind of background back burner uh, um, progress, I guess, all the way up until 2010, which is when it was put on hold due to budget constraints. Uh, of course, during that entire time, Star Wars The Clone Wars was kind of the the focus project through all of those years. Uh, in fact, when Revenge of the Sith launched, I believe they were already doing pre-production on Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, the theatrical release, because Dave began to work at Lucasfilm only, uh, I think it was three months or something, after the, the May release date for that movie. So uh, it was a very recent thing. And then that was 2005, and then in 2008, the movie actually launched with the show that followed but um, Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy when you start to think of like all the things that they were busy with and the fact that this underworld show could have actually been a thing like well it really surprised me is that george announced it as star wars celebration 2005 yeah yeah it's pretty nuts so the other was celebration three it says here and uh i mean i can't believe that you know, I I was way too young to go to a celebration at that time. I mean, you know, enough to see it in the theater, a movie, but you know, to be traveling the world with a neither of my parents would have wanted to take me down to a Star Wars convention <laughs> at that age. <laughs> just wasn't going to happen. I mean, it's it's a bit of a long flight to, just for 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 something that they probably wouldn't really care about, right? So, um, you know, I envy anyone who was there uh, for that one because. I mean, we all love Revenge of the Sith, and, uh, I mean, you get the release of that, and then the news that there's a Star Wars live-action TV show. I mean... Man, that's really... uh, It'd be conflicting as a fan, though, because, like, you get all excited as announced this thing, and then you don't hear anything about it for five years, except canceled due to the budget cuts. (laughs) Yeah. Five years waiting for this, man. That's a long time. It is a long time, yeah. Um, There's... uh, Let's see, what it says here is... um, some of the characters uh, in the scripts, former oh former LucasArts uh, developer Corey Barlog revealed that he read Underworld scripts at Skywalker Ranch for episodes featuring Palpatine, where they made the Emperor a sympathetic figure who was wronged by this heartless woman. Uh, she's this hardcore gangster, and she totally just destroyed him as a person. And I almost cried while reading it, he says. Uh, <laughs> while this is the Emperor, the lightning out of the fingers of the Emperor, uh, that's something magical. <laughs> so this oh, is just, uh, I'm pulling this. Uh, this is kind of also a bit more widely known. Uh, if you dig the internet a little deeper, there's a lot of like very criticized headlines talking about this this TV show uh, as the show that would have made Palpatine uh, a human being in a way. And the reason why he's evil is because uh, he had his heart broken. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like if that's what pushed him over the edge, then that was just, you know, a fuse covered in gasoline ready to be lit at any moment. Because that's a long ways to go from some woman breaking up with you in uh, a very heartless way to you deciding, I'm just going to conquer the galaxy and turn everyone into slaves and just rule ruthlessly pure evil (laughs) and enjoy every moment of it. You know, and and you know, we've heard George say before, like, oh, you know, Star Wars is like um, it's a very personal thing, you know. And we know that George has had a divorce, so yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's it's possible that a lot of this evil emperor used to be in love thing could have been inspired by himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a, it just fits a, the timeline. Yeah, I mean, you know, just speculating here, but it's possible. Uh, 
George has always had a big fascination with TV. Uh, we all, we all know uh, uh, these movies have been called episodes for a reason. Uh, he's very much an episodic director. He's always loved television, everything from Clone Wars down to the uh, the TV movies he did. We're talking about the old ones, uh, the Ewok movies, the Holiday Special, uh, even the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I mean, uh, television always been a very special thing for George because that's also what inspired him to be a director in the first place uh, by aside from Japanese cinema uh, you know these these old uh, what was it Flash Flash Gordon Flash Gordon yeah stuff, yeah, stuff the, like the, that serial the based serials yeah yeah the old serials so you know having these uh, these for him going and doing a live action TV show uh, was something very uh i think very much near and dear to his heart something he really wanted to do and uh when i think about more recent projects like uh like the mandalorian and stuff and him showing up on set and seeing these photos of him cradling the puppet for the child and and all that uh you know for a guy like that to see his license really be used in such a way that the fans appreciate it so much i think his idea for underworld uh, the Mandalorian is almost like the legacy project of Star Wars Underworld. Like that's kind of the, even though yeah. it's produced by Disney, everyone loves it, right? And and that's a successful Star Wars show right there. And it's TV and it's exactly how George wanted to do it because yeah. he, the reason why he never went through with actually making the series is he wanted it to still hold up the quality of the films. But he couldn't figure out a way to do that under under the budget that he had for television, right? Like the technology just wasn't there. And here we are, like fifteen years later for Revenge of the Sith, and we finally have the tech coming out with like Mandalorian as we see it. I mean, obviously the budget is still higher than TV back at the time frame where George was actually trying to create the series. Right. But through a lot of the new tech that we see in Mandalorian, it's a lot more realistic of a of a project. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there is uh, there is underworld test footage and making of um, for uh, for this show. If if anyone is is curious about what this show would have looked like, uh, there was some test screening shots taken by uh, the Stargate Studio, which is most widely known for producing and uh, doing all the visual effects for Stargate. Uh, they had that studio. Uh, be the ones to do all the test footage and uh, the visual effects and just to shoot this entire thing in like the the tiniest stage ever (laughs) with uh, multiple different camera angles and this that mostly relying on on digital set extension Uh, the way that it was filmed was very widely inspired I think by how they filmed the prequels in some ways because some of these sets that they that you can see from the behind the scenes footage are tiny like like these little practical sets and then in a massive room just full of green Um, yeah and uh mandalorian is almost no different aside from the fact that we don't use green in those shows that they you know they use uh this amazing new technology uh referred to as as the volume or the uh there's a there's a name for it I'd have to look it up. I don't know yeah, off the top of my head. I, I can't. I can't remember it anymore. But um, essentially, it's LED screen, so you can see what would be on the green screen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a. It's a. It's a giant. Um, it's a giant dome. 
that has an LED screen on it. And, and uh, yeah, I believe it's referred to as the volume. So uh, st- stagecraft tech. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's Star Wars Underworld. I, I think it would have been kind of cool. I think the Palpatine plotline would have been really weird. Yeah, um, I'm glad that that one didn't come through. Yeah. I'm, I'd be curious about some of the actual underground storylines and characters and stuff. Maybe follow some smugglers or something. Mm-hmm. Reading it, though, it did sound to be a bit of almost like one-off episodes. Yeah. Just like random characters and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it looks like Boba Fett was supposed to return. Yeah, yeah. That kind of loops back into that 1313 video game storyline, which I have speculations that maybe that video game storyline was derived off of his arc in the show. Uh, all of it being canceled now, we'll never know. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's the kind of show that you'd think it doesn't focus in on one character through the whole thing. It's more like a serial-based, episodic uh, anthology series on TV where you get story arcs of like three episodes at a time that'll focus in on a character and then shift over to another character. I think the idea of doing something like that is really cool. Um, and more recently, it's been it's what they're doing now in these short seasons. So, you know, this December on the 29th, I believe it is, the book of Boba Fett's going to hit Disney+. And uh, in a way, that's kind of the same thing i mean it's just another character in this same timeline but now with a show about him and we're going to get a show about ahsoka and you know this and that so the spirit is like kind of there but it's it's yeah. all under it's not under one show label it's just under you know you know that actually raises a good point um and it reminds me that the novels are reading for uh like the old republic or what now what they call high republic yeah they have multiple books all taking place in the same timeline and having them kind of interweave. I wonder if that was almost a test to see if they could do that with the the, the TV series. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. And yeah. as far as I know, we had really a positive reaction to it. I'm not sure if other people had similar reviews in regard to that specific part of the series. Right. But I'm guessing on at least our biased opinion, then it went well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that gave them the go-ahead to try to do this overlapping series. Because I know Marvel tried to do that with the films as well, but it was more like kind of one after the next. I'm not sure if there was any that actually happened this like at the same time. Can right, I- yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, the Marvel movies are kind of approached from a very similar standpoint as the Star Wars films are, where they're very episodic. And even though they have different character-focused titles in a certain chronological order, they all kind of make one long story. Right. So, uh, you know, it can be, uh, it can be very, uh, um, uh, tough for someone jumping into a franchise or a story like that. And, uh, you know, starting halfway through and not knowing what came before. <laughs> like that's a, true. George, made it very clear for everyone. It's like, no, this is episode one. This is episode two. This is episode three. <laughs> So you don't want to watch Machete Order, so you're saying? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, there is a uh, a promotional 2007 promotional poster, which has a variety of dates on it. One of them says 2007, 30th anniversary, and The Force Unleashed. One of them says 2008, Clone Wars Animation, and then 2009, live action TV series. Um, I feel like with the delays responsible 
all the way up until 2010, which ended up getting put on hold, the original speculated release date in 2007 was that they would shoot and finish a first season by 2009, which is pretty nuts. So, you know, if any of you guys were looking forward to this, we're, uh, I guess we're approaching 12 years past the time that we uh, never got it. So (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah. But I mean, that kind of corresponds with TV as a really fast turnaround. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a real thing and you know, it's, uh, I guess we, we bid underworld farewell. Oh, this is interesting. Um, so it looks like they were trying to get some of the original trilogy cast back. However, Billy D. Williams refused to reprise his role as Lando Calrissian. In underworld. Yeah. Nor play the character's uncle. (laughs) He would have played his own uncle. Interesting. He must be the uncle of. Yeah, I guess so. Are they going to imply Billy D's a clone? That's this show just adds a whole another level of weird to some things, you know. Yeah, so they're going to bring back Watto, Sabalba, and Gavin Snikes. I don't know who that is. Rick McCallum also hoped that John Williams would return as the composer. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Here we go. Um, although he hinted in 2005 that he could return to play Lando as an older man, which I guess he did in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. The digital de-aging wasn't really a thing. Not at this time. Not at no. this time, no. So They would have probably cast someone else. Very funny to see Lando play his own uncle. <laughs> I yeah, don't know that how that would work, but that is sure. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, the more you look, for anyone listening out there, there's an entire Star Wars Wikipedia page. It's called Star Wars Underworld, and uh, there's a 10-minute video you can find on YouTube and Vimeo with uh, B-roll footage as well as the test footage that they took for uh, the... It wasn't really a pilot. It was more like... A, can we do this in the budget? <laughs> and it was also yeah. to use as a visual, uh, as a visual kind of aid when uh, they were pitching the show to various different networks, uh, which I think uh, from what I've been reading here, at least on this page, is that uh, they they needed uh, they needed something to to kind of show these TV networks. It's like, hey, we got this thing. It's a Star Wars show. Uh, you know, how much are you going to give us to have it on? your network can can we get like a a prime time or whatever i mean you know streaming services are kind of the norm these days but you know a lot of people might forget you know when this show was being developed there was no such thing as netflix uh, at least on online you know netflix back then I, I believe was still like a video rental service but uh you know i remember back in 2007 still renting dvds from our local blockbuster so, uh, you know, having a having a TV show uh, like Star Wars: The Clone Wars air on Cartoon Network was like a pretty normal thing, right? You had to like tune in, otherwise you'd miss it, and you have to wait a couple weeks and then buy the digital episode on iTunes or something like that, right? Um, or so, wait for the season, yeah, or, or wait for the DVD. <laughs> yeah, no Blu-rays, <laughs> DVD. <laughs> well, or just wait and keep trying and trying to find the episode that you missed when they do a replay. Yeah, like they'll, they'll play it every day of the week. 
But the new episodes are always on like Tuesday. Yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah. the, the rest of the week is just random episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So having a prime time like slot on a TV network was a really big deal back then because if you didn't have the prime time, you wouldn't catch as many viewers, right? And if you aired the show in a time that you didn't didn't or didn't have the best track record for view count, you were always taking a chance with your show uh, as to whether or not it would succeed because the more people that watch, the more money you'd get. So it was always a bit of a tough thing to juggle. And, you know, being a, being a Star Wars show, I can't imagine it wouldn't have done, you know, badly or anything like that. But, but I'm just uh, I'm just speculating, you know, it was it was definitely something they had to think of back then when they were going through the process of, of making this this show. So hence the uh, the test footage. I think of the canceled stuff to me, it's the most interesting anyway. The which stuff, sorry? Uh, like um, Underworld. Like it's the most interesting because it was George. Oh, yeah. George did it and there's so, so much kind of rumors and everything around it. And then, yep. yeah. No, it's I bet, I bet if George still had the license, it eventually would have came out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Another 30-year gap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I, I think I've got uh, – there's some test footage here. I'm just going to play it right now. We can listen to a, a small section of it. I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's 10 minutes long, but right now there's uh, like a ship pulling into a dark alley, and uh, there's some stormtroopers just chilling on the street. Just straight out of the prequels. Yeah, yeah. A woman in high heels gets out of a speeder bike. And uh, the idea of this little short that they made was it depicts a rebel agent stealing plans for an Imperial Star Destroyer and setting off an electrical attack on Imperial Stormtroopers. So what turned into Rogue One? Yeah, basically. Get some, uh, some droid action. <laughs> you two move along. This area is threat level. I love all the extras. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely tell it's TV. All of the props Hello. stuff. It feels very Doctor Who. Very much. There. <laughs> Thank you. All the lines are dubbed, by the way, through this whole thing. <laughs> Thank you. We could not have done this without you. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop. I'll stop it there, but. <laughs> <laughs> what's up what's up okay you clip this part out but the uh zencaster like your hat oh yeah showing yeah, up yeah. with all the people <laughs> <laughs> you know we can, we can leave this in we can leave this in all right if anyone knows what snap lens is you can put like little uh little AR, uh, you know, things on your face and stuff like that on Zoom calls. Right now I got one active, which has our very own Star Wars Escape Pod logo on a hat, which is being AR'd onto my head. But when I tilted my webcam for our, uh, our, uh, our co-host here to see the video, uh, it started putting the hat on everyone in the video. So that's... <laughs> so I don't know how George managed to do it. Before Star Wars Escape Pod was, was a thing, he had everyone wearing Star Wars Escape Pod merch in the test footage. <laughs> I got to start doing utilizing this webcam a little more. Take some photos of those. That's great. I got to take a photo of George Lucas with the hat. And, oh, and that's a good idea. That's a great idea, right? And just take a... You got to tweet that out. I got to tweet this out. Yeah, I got to tweet this out right now. You know what? 
Let's do it. Let's, let's, what's your image are we going to take here? Uh, how about that nice, the nice portrait from, uh, <laughs> from back in the day? Uh, let's see if this will this will work. Oh, there's some nice pictures here with him and his wife, and you can have them both wearing Star Wars Escape Pop merch. Oh man, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. How about his hair like sticks out? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the next one. Uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to see that full video. Look it up online. It's pretty easy to find, and I'll put the, the description. Uh, I'll put the link in the description of this of this podcast episode. So you got it. Uh, next up is uh, Star Wars Detours. Uh, let's just. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but there was supposed to be an animated comedy show, very much like a, a kid friendly version of Robot Chicken, but not with dolls. It was actually like CG animated. Uh, and it was produced by uh, Seth Green and directed by Todd Grimes, also created by George Lucas. There's 39 produced episodes and uh, split in half would have made two seasons of the show. And ever since Disney bought Lucasfilm, they have kept this thing locked away, like just in the vaults, you know, like in the Disney vaults down at the bottom beneath your spare boxes and everything else. Like this is where they buried it. And instead, yeah. we got shows like Star Wars Resistance and such. But it, I don't know. This would have been kind of cool. Like, it would have been funny, I think. I had mixed feelings about it. I, I At this point, because obviously it wouldn't be canon, all this sort of thing, I wouldn't mind just seeing it. But I feel like it'd be really cringy. Here's a, here's a trailer. Here's a trailer. Let's check out this trailer. A long time ago. Detours! Ready? Punch it! Yo, dudes, the Empire's pretty chill. Maybe you could, like, join it or something. No, 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 I left a message with your uh, roommate, but your machine was full, so your landlord hung up on me when I was walking your dog because my homework ate it. I got dressed for this. Uh, half dressed? Ah, put some pants on, man. Hey, so, uh, how's my nose look? Oh! Are you ready for the ribbon-cutting ceremony? Man, will I be happy when we can stop pretending this thing's a mall? This is no space mall. This is more like a, like a, some kind of a Death Star. Death Star. I like the sound of that. Aha! This is the ploy. No. It's a ruse. No. It's an ambush. No. A subterfuge. No. A it's confining a device. A snare. A box popped up with a stick. It's a frog. Yeah, was it? Yeah, that's being with a mustache. <laughs> Ah, it's a wrap! Where's my hat? It's a trap! Sorry, sorry. Just finally figured it out. On my way back to the office. Couldn't get it out of my head. Gotta go. I'm double parked. Hey! Oh! 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 George Lucas probably just thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, yeah. It's a matte painting. They haven't finished this chasm yet. I guess they went over budget. Don't make me take your arm off, Sonny. Old Ben Ben needs grocery money. Can you just order me a hot dog? Uh, shouldn't you be haunting Darth Maul or Yoda? Go haunt Yoda! Taxi, yeah, I, I everybody hate me, son. Well, how honest do we want to get? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sid. 
A commercial audition, really? Wow, Leia, you look really... Amazing. Yeah, I know. Why are you staring at me? Yeah, I'm famous and hot. Deal with it. Um, I don't feel like the center of attention anymore. Fix that. Vader! Nothing says vacation over. It's almost over. like, like everyone's a caricature of themselves. Yeah, that's kind of the idea, I think. A big breathy bummer. Welcome back, my master. I'm just hesitant, how though, because I feel like Robot Chicken did a really good job, and I don't know how they could do more than that for a full series, you know? It sounds like a lot of the same voice actors, too, which is funny. Bingo screws. Well, let's just say there wasn't a cloud in the sky, which was confusing since it was raining chicks. Who's that? She's pretty. Well, Leia, that is Queen Amidala. Great politician, terrible taste in fashion, and makeup, and hair, and man, and bad judgment in just about every area of her life except for politics. She did a lot of work, though. <laughs> Do you know if the whole series was finished? She's dead. Uh, yeah, I, th I believe I believe 39 episodes were finished, right? Like two seasons worth. M-Not R2! Nobody's talking to you, trash can! Wait, 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 do you not get it, people? His it's name strange. was Windu and he went Disney out a window! Huh? Just, like, Disney doesn't want to put it on Disney+. Plus. They should just release it on, like, Blu-ray and call it a day. Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's just money sitting in a drawer that they haven't cashed in, or a check sitting in a drawer they haven't cashed in on, I guess, right? And the thing is, the longer they wait to put it out, the less it'll be worth. No, oh, exactly, yeah. And I know that they've uh, shown some of these at conventions and such. Like, they've had, uh, they had one or two episodes playing on repeat just randomly on a TV, like, near one of the booths at Celebration. But it was just... It's it's kind of like the 3D releases of the prequels. Like the episodes two and three never saw the light of day, even though they were made, and now they're just used for like special occasions. Yeah, um, the only one that was actually publicly released was episode one. Yeah, I went then, to that in theaters. Yeah, and then uh, when Disney bought the company, they canceled the di the releases in theaters for the other ones, which made no sense aside from the fact that they wanted to just move away from cashing in on prequel era money, but. You know, it's just th this kind of comedy show, though, it, it it reminds me a lot of the same style as Marvel's MODOK. I don't know if anyone listening has watched that that Marvel's MODOK, but it's basically the same idea. And, uh, you know, let's just listen to the rest of this trailer here and then. That joke was hilarious and you all liked it. <laughs> Hello, I'm a fool for dancing and you're a dancing fool. Hit it. Service here is slow. We haven't even ordered. I know. That reminds me a bit of Toy it Story. It would be good to order yeah. already. I know. That's what I was saying. Well, well, I games. thought you were disagreeing. Yeah, it would be good to order already. Zito. Yeah. It, so yeah, it's a finished show. Never came out, and uh, you know we're we're all just hoping one day that Disney pulls the trigger and is like, you know what, screw it, let's just release it publicly and call it a day and. That way we all get to see it. <laughs> I think they're just so embarrassed by it. They just refuse to let it out. I think that's the case, yeah. But <laughs> then the other thing, though, is like Star Wars Robot Chicken was 
I don't know if that was I, I don't know how the licensing works like in the licensing world, but uh, but Star Wars Robot Chicken they they have made new ones like ever since the the third the third full movie I guess came out, which was all the little shorts stitched together, right? They did three DVDs. And uh, they've still been making the odd little clip here and there. Um, Is that show still in the air, Robot Chicken? Uh, yeah, yeah. They did they're one. Still for, making... They did a Star Wars one for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and they were making fun of how it's all part of Palpatine's plan, right? Like they were. They did a. They did yeah. a little skit with Ray. In, oh man, on Exegol and yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I have not watched that show in ten years. <laughs> Those Star Wars like, ones are pretty good. Some of them are. I've, I've rewatched a few of those on YouTube, but I haven't watched like a full episode since I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good show, and you know, I think Seth Green's like also involved with that, right? But uh, so, yeah, it's 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 unclear as to like what really, I don't know what really happened with it, but uh, it says here that it was revealed in two thousand nine that. Uh, a new animated series was in development on 2010. StarWars.com officially revealed that the series was in production by Lucasfilm Animation and it would be a comedy. Uh, writers were hired from various TV shows, including The Simpsons, Family Guy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Battlescar Galactica, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and The Daily Show. Some of the animated work on the series was done by The Monk Studio, a visual effects and animation studio near uh, located in Thailand, which also worked on the film Strange Magic for Lucasfilm, which uh, was a total uh, critical bust. <laughs> uh, Strange Magic was released in 2015. Did you watch it? No, I, I haven't because I saw the reviews. <laughs> I, should watch I, it. I, I intend to watch it. It reminded me a lot of that uh, Epic movie. It was just called Epic, and I hated that so much. <laughs> So you're excited to watch it is what you're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I want to watch it at some point. So, um, uh, yeah, in Mega, Megacon 2014, the Robot Chicken creators reaffirmed that Star Wars Detours would be released at some point with more than 30 planned episodes. In, uh, in April of the same year, Seth Green and Matthew uh, Senrich revealed that Lucasfilm felt it would be or have been counterintuitive to spend three years introducing children to a comedic deconstructionist view of Star Wars characters whom they would then be expected to take seriously upon the release of Episode 7. So it was literally the sequels that prevented this animated show from coming out because they didn't want kids to be exposed to caricature versions of these very well-established characters in the movies already because they were using them again in that same format. So... To them, it just made no sense to have a laugh, I guess. Uh, that's what it says here. Yeah, maybe Disney, they didn't want the first thing for them to release would be this cheesy animated series. Yeah. On one hand, it makes sense. On the other hand, it just makes no sense because it literally goes to show that they didn't intend to leave Lucasfilm the way they were operating like that unlike marvel where they just as at least my perspective when they uh, acquired marvel nothing changed like in fact the mar the company even just got better like they just gave them money to like do more of what they were doing right with lucasfilm on the other hand it seems as if they just micromanaged everything and yeah. a ton of stuff got canceled a ton of stuff got canned even if it had been paid for 
even if Disney wasn't paying for it, they just didn't want to release it because it was their reputation at stake. Um, it's a totally different approach that they took with that company, and and I still well, when, to this day, it's ridiculous. You know what they what they did. When did Disney buy Marvel? I don't uh, remember when that was. I think it was after the release of of uh, Iron Man two. Was it? Interesting. Okay, so that makes me think. Then Marvel had a very successful franchise still going with new content. Two thousand nine. Well, that's when they bought it. Yeah. Okay, and I think the first Iron Man is like two thousand eight. Eight. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So, but just after the first Iron Man. Yeah. Which makes sense. That movie was a huge hit. Yeah. And it's still to this day my favorite of the whole cinematic universe. Yeah. So I guess I like the only one that was made before. D- Disney, which is kind of funny. But. <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, I see that being different than the purchase of Lucasfilm because Lucasfilm didn't have something fresh coming out actively. Like they had the Clone Wars animated series, but obviously Disney is more of a cinematic company. Mm-hmm. Right? They want stuff on the big screen. If George had sold them after releasing, say, the first episode of the sequel trilogy, I think it would have been different. Yeah, I also don't think George would have sold it to that at that time either because he would want to finish what he was doing. So, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's tough to say, and you know, it, it's the only show I, I think on our entire list that has in its entirety a full length two seasons. And at any day, Disney could just be like, you know what? Let's just throw it on Disney Plus. It's been enough time. They've released a lot of crap at this point they've released a lot of good things at this point like let's just throw it out there like what do we have to lose at this point right at the very least they could just put it on cartoon network and pretend they have nothing to do with it (laughs) yeah that's true as well (laughs) um all right let's let's move on to the next on our list here i mean well here's the other okay here's the other thing if they have if they have enough kind of uh leeway in their insistence to kind of keep this canonicity timeline and they have enough in them to say, hey, let's just do like nine anime shorts that have nothing to do with the current timeline. I don't see why it's a problem to just release this existing comedy series, you know? like They don't now. Sense. Yeah. Like you could have argued that everything going forward was canon, but they just released the anime, which wasn't canon, which right. means basically that argument no longer holds water. Exactly. So they could just put it out and say, this isn't canon. This was just a side thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they could totally do that, you know. Um, all right, let's let's move on to number three of the canceled TV shows, Rangers of the New Republic. This is a very recent one. Um, also announced very recently as well. It was announced <laughs> in 2020, and uh, it was only this past uh, spring that, that they finally just pulled the plug on Rangers. And uh, if anyone remembers, uh, Rangers of the New Republic was one of the spinoff shows from The Mandalorian. Uh, which would have sidelined in the timeline with the book of Boba Fett, as well as Ahsoka and Mandalorian season two and three. Um, And uh, this was that one kind of show, I guess it would have gotten into that storyline with uh, Cara Dune and uh, uh, the other X-Wing pilots uh, that we were kind of introduced to that sideline story in season two. And then all the uh, drama with uh, Gina Carano and everything, very unfortunate. 
uh, that uh, anyone loses their job in the first place, of course. Uh, uh, even more unfortunate that uh, we had a Star Wars show that got canceled because it's one more thing on this list that we have to talk about. Yeah, uh, it's true. Any show produced by Dave and John, though, I mean, it would have been cool. And this would have been one of those shows. And this show, at least from what I kind of gathered from what we saw going on in Season 2 Mandalorian, probably would have been about these X-Wing pilots that were kind of in the like the outer rim and basically like underfunded, uh, no, not enough people on the force trying to turn a deal like an old, old West sheriff, yeah. right? You just got to figure it out. Cause the Republic, uh, the new Republic, I guess, um, they don't really believe or care that there's a large Imperial presence still existing or growing in the outer rim. And, uh, and that's something that, was brought up as an issue in season two of the Mandalorian. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. Like it would have been this cool, like Western style X-wing fighters going around from planet to planet acting as like these Rangers. uh, And I almost see it as like a cop drama. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, for sure. And I think it would have been really cool because it could have been the show that really got into that unraveling the mystery of uh, how much of the empire is really left. That'd be neat, and also just dealing with like, like spice runners and all sorts of smugglers and stuff. Dealing with yeah. like huts and other other things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, I could see like turning on just bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mashup. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Right. Um, but yeah, this would have been one of those shows going into that big crossover event. Um, here's another theory of mine. I don't know about you, but, um, aside from the whole, uh, you know, the, the, uh, aside from the whole Gina Carano thing, um, as far as TV shows and plot lines go, sometimes things can get canceled and redone, right? Like it's very common in a, in the production of a movie or a show for things to be rewritten. I mean, we saw rewrites with the Kenobi show. There was a lot of people freaking out online, being like, what's going to happen with the show? But it, in actual fact, they just delayed it a little bit because they wanted to make it even better, right? And yeah. I can appreciate and, that. I yeah, can, I agree. Yeah. And I personally think I I prefer this, these series as opposed to the films because I think you get yeah. a lot more story and the yeah. pacing is way better. Yeah, and it's, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and, and a show like Mando is so rewatchable. Like, I've seen season one at least three times now and season two at least twice mm-hmm. so you know it's it's great like you know i love going through them and and uh, you know eight episodes each within 35 to 40 minutes or so like it's fantastic i love binging those and uh, with a show like this though it's very intricate because it's tied into this would have been one of those very much established within the canon and everything kind of shows so when they're playing around with with those kind of larger forces of storytelling uh, a show like this could have had a major impact on that crossover that these shows are all building up to, right? And maybe they decided one day, okay, this crossover is going to go a little bit of a different way. Uh, what does that mean for our shows that we're doing right now? And they might have just taken a step back and realized, oh, well, we've got Mando and Boba and Ahsoka um, perhaps maybe we don't really need to do this show right now. And, you know, if there is a need to do it, maybe we can just wait because it is technically on hold. It's not officially like canceled, canceled. They just sort of said we're kind of postponing slash pulling the 
I don't know, putting the pause button, I guess, on on the production of this of this story. So it's a possibility that we could see this come back. Yeah, and maybe they'll swap out the character. Like instead of it being Cara Dune, they'll change someone else. Like yeah. there was rumors online at one point, whether it be true or not, I have no idea. But yeah. there was talks of them switching like Hera from Rebels. Yeah, there was talks about bringing Hera in as main character, which would have been interesting. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I think a Twi'lek as a main character actually would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really had that in live action. Right, yeah. And yeah, an alien character as a main character in live action has never really happened before. I think Ahsoka is going to technically be the first. True. So. She's already got a fan base, though. Right. And, right. and I could see just from the point of the live, live action have, doing that, fans might not be able to relate as easily. But, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are so talented. Like, I think you'd get past that. They, I mean, basically, yeah. that happened with Mandalorian, right? He's a guy with a, a bucket on his head. And he, yeah. And they made him relatable. So, really, they could do with anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we say farewell for now to Rangers of the New Republic, and uh, you know we hope to see it again <laughs> yeah. someday. Uh, okay, the last of our canceled TV shows. This is kind of a canceled movie, which is why it's at the end of the list. Would this been, one makes uh, me the most upset. <laughs> would have been Ewoks 3, uh, <laughs> a sequel to uh, uh, Ewoks Battle, Battle for Endor, and, uh, of course, the first one being Caravan of Courage. I've had the DVD given to me. It was given to me by Diego, who's you know uh, our after-show host on the Clone Wars show of the podcast, and uh, he's been a friend of mine for a very long time. And uh, I had no idea that those existed until he gave me this republished DVD, which to this day is probably worth a lot of money now because it was only reproduced on DVD once ever, and that's it. And uh, since then, it didn't see the light of day until Disney of all of all companies put it on Disney Plus. And, uh, you know, it blew me away. I was like, wow, um, they don't, they're not releasing detours, but they'll re-release like these movies. Like, okay. (laughs) Uh, What did you think of these? Because we, you only saw these for the first time uh, two years ago. I think we watched them together and then we watched them a second time with uh, Bryce and, and Calvin um, a couple months ago. And (laughs) I like them, but probably for different reasons. Like being entirely honest, they're not great. But to me, it was almost like you just discovered like a like a present, let's say, like a Christmas gift that you like forgot to open. You missed it, right? And like you opened it like several months later, right? That's what it was like. It's like is you find you found this treasure that was like overlooked and you didn't know it existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. It's like uh, the magic of Star Wars on Christmas morning, and and you know, it's like there's two Ewok movies I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what, everyone? There would have been a third one, and uh, apparently, it was uh, in development and eventually scrapped and never made. A reason for this is not known. In 2010, during an interview with uh, Star Wars Interviews, Daniel Frischman, the actor who played uh, Deej Warwick. Uh, who was uh, one of the uh, one of the Ewoks on those movies in the two previous Ewok films, commented that he had never known anything about this project, possibly meaning that his character was not going to be involved in the film's story, which also remains a mystery. So it's one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. It would have happened like the way that Star Wars trilogies do. Uh, but uh, it might have been something that was brought up in the writer's room for two or three weeks 
they got as far as a really rough outline and then it was scrapped. Like that's that's kind of my thoughts as to like the process yeah. of how far they made it with that one. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they didn't even get as far as a full script. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah, Which definitely. Which is kind of too bad because I'm actually really curious what it would have actually been about. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of curious about this too, which um I don't know. I guess we'll we'll never see it, and uh, it's never going to be made. But I don't know. I, I, they're they're funny to watch. I don't think they're super like great. <laughs> but uh, for someone who's never seen them before and who's really big into Star Wars, might not even know about the Ewok movies unless they're old enough to remember them on TV. And uh, showing them the first time, like Calvin, you know, a guy who didn't even know, big Star Wars fan, didn't even know that they were a thing. It was really funny watching his reaction, I guess, when you see that. That's pretty much all they're good for now is, like, watching people's reactions watching these movies. Um, the story themselves are meh, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could argue the same thing for, like, the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. The but that's even, even cringier. Yeah, and uh, we're looking forward to the uh, commentary track this this year. Uh, when that drops on Disney Plus, we're going to be oh, doing. Oh man, uh... it's going to be awful. We, <laughs> we have to do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're we're, we're doing it. All right, let, let's move into the uh, the canceled movies here because uh, our clock's ticking up. So uh, first on the list for canceled movies is the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Now it's worth noting first and foremost that this trilogy still may or may not happen. Uh, the only reason why it's on this list is because ever since it was announced, it's been too long since they have given any updates and could be one of those things that just disappears into the void and never happens again. So um, according to Ryan Johnson, it is still happening, but that's Ryan Johnson. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could be, he's the director, he's the guy that, you know, he's not the guy with the money to make the movie. So as far as Lucasfilm was concerned, depending on how well these shows go, how well, because that's pretty much all that they've got planned up until uh, the uh, Rogue Squadron movie and then, of course, Taika Waititi's movie, the only two movies that we know of that are in production. Um, this Ryan Johnson trilogy could be a big enough thing that they're like, oh, well, that's three-movie commitment. Uh, let's just put that on a hold for a little while because we want to focus in on these other things. And uh, as we know from the release of Solo, that releasing a Star Wars movie six months after another Star Wars movie is a bit too much. <laughs> uh, fans just won't won't buy it, right? So no, that's a good point. It's funny reading Ryan Johnson's tweets in regards to this trilogy, though, because just getting really defensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> like here's a quote from uh, from the Star Wars Wikipedia. This is from Ryan Johnson's Twitter. No, it isn't true. I'm still working on the trilogy. With all due respect to the movie bros, I'm sure who who are lovely kind of bros with good fraternal intentions. <laughs> I, I remember one tweet. One tweet. Uh, there was someone who said, uh, "Who said, hey, Ryan Johnson, you uh, you working on uh, on your trilogy still?" And he replies with just a little fist bump. It goes, "Yup, yup." <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> It's so good. Like, yeah. This guy's got so much confidence that his three movies are going to happen. And, you know, it, we could be laughing at this 10 years from now, or we could not be laughing at all when they actually come out. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, it's like, it, a, it really <laughs> it could go either way at this point. Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. But the, the reason why I put it on this list is because it, it was supposed to be um, – uh, well, let's just read out this little section here at the end. In uh, 2018, Bob Iger said there would be a slowdown on the release of Star Wars films because he felt that there had been uh, a little too much too fast. 
He reaffirmed this in April 2019. Uh, we will take a pause sometime and reset. There will be other Star Wars movies, but there will be a bit of a hiatus. And then on May 7th, 2019, Disney released its 2020 to 2027 theatrical release schedule, which revealed that Star Wars films are scheduled to hit cinemas in 2023, 2025, and uh, 2027. We know for a fact that none of these, I, I don't think, are the Ryan Johnson movies because uh, Patty Jenkins' uh, Rogue Squadron X-Wing movie is first and foremost the next theatrical movie that we'll see. Uh, and then after that will be the Taika Waititi movie. So that's definitely not Ryan Johnson's trilogy. And that basically blacks out the next six years for him to yeah. actually start working or releasing these things. So it won't be anytime soon that we're going to see these movies. And it just has you wonder, are they even going to happen at all? My thoughts are they probably aren't. Yeah, that's my guess to you. Like, even if what happened during the last Jedi with the splitting of the fans wasn't his fault, I feel like now there's such a stigma around his name that it, from Disney's perspective, it would just be a marketing catastrophe. Yeah. So even if it went well, they still wouldn't make as much money as they could. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one on the list. So, uh, Farewell to the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Uh, and uh, the next one up is uh, the unreleased Boba Fett movie, which, of course, now we're getting, uh, ironically enough, this year, it's December 29th, uh, the pilot, or the first episode, I guess, is going to hit Disney Plus for the book of Boba Fett. But uh, before we even had a Mandalorian show, way back when, in, uh, when was it, 2016 or something like that, it was announced. Was, yeah, and the release of 2018, according yeah. to this. Yeah, 2018 release, we would have seen a Boba Fett movie, and uh, it was supposed to be planned and directed by Josh Trank, and uh, a screenplay by Simon Kimberg, who is a producer on a lot of the X-Men movies. Uh, Josh Trank is really well-known for his movie, was it Chronicle? I think it was. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then Ryan Johnson was Looper. It kind of came out similar time frame. Yeah. Josh Trank also did the uh, the reboot movie for Fantastic Four. And the rumor is that Fantastic Four did so badly with the on-set experience of crew and whatever else, the planning, the execution of that entire movie, not to mention it flopped. Uh, but it was because of that that he kind of got, you know, canned, I guess, for... Forced uh, out out of the project. Yeah, forced out is probably the best way to put it. Um, when you're dealing with any kind of creative process like this, forced out is probably the best way to, to say anything like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a Star Wars fan. He directed a Star Wars short film, which he posted online in 2007, <laughs> called uh, Stabbing at Leia's 22nd Birthday, <laughs> which depicts a lightsaber duel breaking out at a normal party and concludes with a triumphant opponent being arrested by stormtroopers. Uh, on May 1st, 2015, Lucasfilm announced that Trank had walked away from directorial duties on the second Star Wars anthology film. Trank explained that he wanted to pursue a smaller project, having spent three years on Fantastic Four. So it could be a bit of a both, bit of a mix. Like, it's like, oh, Fantastic Four was a flop, um, 
maybe you're not the right fit uh, on and a big it, budget movie. And then at the same yeah. time, he just didn't feel it anymore. He's like, yeah. Maybe well, it, it sounded like he didn't have a good experience on that either. And because he didn't have a good experience, everyone had a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I could see... I could see some truth in these words, basically. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we're grabbing this all from the Wikipedia page. So if anyone looks this up, uh, you can always take note to the bibliography at the bottom of the page from where this this uh, news came from. And it's worth noting that a lot of these articles we're going through, the uh, referenced StarWars.com web blogs have been removed since they've been posted. Uh, so... You know, they are uh, there is backup links for web archives, but uh, uh, StarWars.com did uh, did send out an article on June 4th of 2014 uh, about the announcement of this uh, standalone Star Wars film. And uh, the rumor was that it was Boba Fett. It was never announced it was Boba Fett, but we all knew it was Boba Fett. And uh, and it did say at the time that Trank is currently working on Fantastic Four for 20th Century Fox. So, you know, amongst the process of doing that movie, I guess, the, it just kind of fell apart. And uh, the interest to do Boba Fett was still there. So I'm glad that we're now getting this show. Now that we've seen the execution of Robert Rodriguez uh, in The Mandalorian, his episode there, he's kind of taken the helm of this Book of Boba show. And uh, Who is directing the Boba Fett series? Do you know? Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez, okay. sorry. Um, so, yeah, him having taken the helm of that, that show, you know, we know that he can do it because he did it in Mandalorian. And, you know, Tamara Morrison back as Boba and just had the visual look and everything. I mean, people love seeing him back in Mandalorian. It was cool. Right? Yeah, I love the design they did. He's like, now got the repainted gear, but he's got the samurai stuff underneath. Yeah. It's pretty kick-ass. Like, oh, yeah. yeah so great cool. design. Reading a bit farther into this book, this wiki, though, it's uh, it says at one point, uh, James Mangold took over and started working on a Boa Fett film as well, which... Yeah. He was the director of, like, of Logan, the right. Wolverine movie, and right. I think a Boba Fett-style film in the same light as Logan would be amazing. Would have suited very perfectly, yeah. 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 That being said, obviously that's not going to happen at this point. Right. But it would still be, be cool. really cool. I will say this: it will still be really cool if James Mangold has an interest in making a Star Wars movie. It would be cool to see what he can do because I love Logan. It is such yeah. a good movie, and he did so a great well job. He did that one and the Wolverine, and both of those movies I just thought were fantastic. So. Uh, you know, if he ever did come back to do a Star Wars movie, I would I would love to see what he can do. Uh, I mean, he'd he'd be the guy to bring a character like Dash Rendar to life. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh, we, we, have, we have a friend in mind when, when I say that. <laughs> so, uh, Dash Rendar, I feel like he's more suited to the small screen Dash, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, farewell to the Boba Fett movie, and uh, we're looking forward to the book of Boba Fett. Um, now it's worth noting a lot of these things, including the Boba Fett movie, uh, these anthology movies, including, uh, uh, actually it's two up on the list from now, but some of these single standalone movies, uh, just throwing it out there would have likely fallen under that canceled sub label, a star Wars story. Cause mm-hmm. we've had two in that label and there was a whole plan to do the episodes and then the anthology movies, which so far we've got rogue one, a star Wars story and solo a star Wars story. They would have kept going and done that for like four other movies, 
Boba Fett, a Star Wars story, Kenobi, a Star Wars story. They would have just kept it going and going and going. It says, it says Yoda here. Yeah. So since then, that plan has changed, obviously, with, with the, you know, after Solo came out, Bob Iger, with the whole stepping back from Star Wars releases, I think that whole subtitle got canned as well. They just thought, you know what, let's just forget it. We'll do the shows. Well, they even renamed it at one point. They changed it to Star Wars Story. It used to be something else at one point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I forget it, the official release titles. Though you know, it, both of them had a Star Wars story like titled at the end of it. So um, it, it kind of, I always thought it was kind of useless. Like you know, just make, make it, just make it Star Wars Rogue One because that's what everyone calls it, or just yeah. Solo, right? Like I mean, like everyone knows who Han Solo is, but uh, you know, they just felt the need to give it that extra little tidbits like a star wars story right like i don't star wars episode 3.5 yeah one <laughs> i mean i don't go to the movie theater and watch uh black widow a marvel story like <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to watch the avengers a marvel story like it's like man i i mean or an mcu story right like i i go i go to see you know, like I know who the character is, right? Like it's it's Star Wars. You'd think people would know who Han Solo is and be able to make a movie marketed as just Solo and yeah, have I think, it be what it is, right? Yeah, to come down to marketing, I feel like they were worried that it it doesn't have the label Star Wars on it. People won't right. know what it is, and if they put Star Wars, people think it's just part of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this was probably the answer. You know answer. what's funny about that is that even though they did give it those subtitles, you know, that that what you said right there it still confused a ton of people when they saw mm-hmm. Solo and you know, the, and then they were like, "Oh, Darth Maul's alive." I wonder if this is like before everything. And like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and it made no sense because they hadn't seen the Clone Wars. So, um, it, you know, when, when you get into this very crazy multimedia timeline of canonicity and this and that it's it's unlike any other franchise out there even marvel sticks to the big screen and only recently have they really gone to the small screen with disney plus but uh with star wars it's the books it's the comics it's the audio books it's the games now it's the, the disney plus shows it's the movies it's it's like and and the and the tv stuff right like it's it's like a crazy amount of media that all delivers one long story so when that little which is, came up it's so. great for us super fans but yeah. the average moviegoer is just gonna be super confused oh, yeah exactly and you know that, that's where that's where i i hope uh you know podcasts like ours kind of helps the average viewer because like you know i i like to think that we talk as if we're catering to all various fans you know like the, the casual and the intense um so that's a good point, but you know, to really get a word out there, we really need people to spread the word. So, like and subscribe. <laughs> that's right. Share this show with a friend, and uh, share it with your aunt. Share it with your grandmother, whoever. Just pass it around. Yeah, yeah. Send a link. Just post it on social media. All that stuff. So, uh, all right. Let's let's get into the next the next series here. Uh, do you remember David Benioff? Uh, Benioff and Weiss, the creators of Game of Thrones, were uh, set to write and produce a Star Wars film series. And uh, this was official news and everything like that. And then that never happened because they signed an uh, exclusive deal with Netflix, which they pretty much just up and left and abandoned their ideas. But they were set to make uh, uh, what they said was a series of movies. And this was the untitled film series that many of us thought was going to be 
uh, set in the old Republic because yeah. having their experience with Game of Thrones and this and that, having that intense medieval kind of fantasy vibe about it just seemed to ring true with Knights of the Old Republic. Like we all want to see hundreds of Jedi versus hundreds of Sith and these were the guys to do it. And, and like, you know, and, and it sucks that it never happened, but um, yeah, I was so excited for this series. I thought it would be like, yeah, I know because I was really into Game of Thrones at the time because when they announced it, it was before the final season, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, it so, was announced in 2018. So, yeah, and I would love if they would have made a, a Star Wars series, maybe not as in depth and extreme as Game of Thrones, but in the same light of Game of Thrones in like the old Republic era it would have been amazing. But they outright said, like, we're done with TV, we want to do feature now. Right. Which makes sense. Work on a shorter timeline of project. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't blame on that. But I, I almost wonder if what happened was the final season that came out, and they it wasn't as finished as a lot of the previous seasons. There's a lot of like stuff that came through, like the coffee cups on the table, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the fan reaction to the finale, I feel like that didn't help them in this situation and right. i wonder if D- disney maybe tried to get them to take less money or something yeah or you're saying it was away. like a like a josh trank situation right i think on a small degree but not to the same level like maybe because of that like the typical jj abrams style couldn't finish it you know couldn't yeah. write an ending properly and so maybe disney got cold feet maybe yeah no it's it's a possibility this deal is getting worse all the time <laughs> uh yeah i you know i i think uh i think th- their their series or a trilogy or whatever it would have been would have been really cool um it's crazy to think that that there would have possibly been an overlap uh, there actually there was before before we just realized okay ryan johnson's trilogy is probably never going to happen um there was an overlap where the benioff and weiss trilogy or series would have overlapped with pr- uh, production of ryan johnson's trilogy so that right there is like six Star Wars movies, and it's like no wonder they decided to kind of take a step back and you know reevaluate. But uh, yeah, I think uh, you know uh, George Lucas. It says here on the page that apparently he visited the set of Game of Thrones and directed a scene. I would love to know what that is. Uh, that was in 2019 in the final season. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really funny though that that George directs like a scene in the final season and the final season tanks. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, we all love George, but um, it's just, I mean, for a guy who's very sensitive to public critique, it's just kind of hilarious. Uh, (laughs) So uh, they did clarify when season eight finished up with Game of Thrones that uh, they would have began production on this uh, on this new series of films. And, uh, and then it just got kind of tossed out of the way when when uh, they decided to exit the film series with scheduling conflicts with Netflix. I don't understand how anyone can possibly give up a Star Wars film series for a Netflix show, but, but uh, that's just me. Uh, you Money. Know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Money. Uh, maybe Netflix wasn't giving enough. Yeah. I think Netflix has been known to pay a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure they would pay even more to get the guys who made Game of Thrones. Right. And Disney is known for not paying a lot and trying really hard to not pay a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, everyone knows about the whole uh, the Black Widow thing going on with Scarlett Johansson and, you know, trying to trying to secure her her amounts. Uh, but 
you know, and COVID has thrown a lot of question into the debate. But yeah, it's true. Like they, they have this reputation of being like somewhat conservative with their funds when they can. And if a sequel or if a movie doesn't do well, which another company would consider doing well, uh, they consider a flop and just decide not to make a sequel. Uh, we've seen it happen with The Lone Ranger, Tron 2, uh, and uh, there was a variety of other things. I think even Treasure Planet, like that that was supposed to be followed up with a TV show and a sequel, and none of it happened because the film didn't do as well as they thought in theaters. Which is a shame because it's one of the best movies to come out from the era, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, instead we got Lilo and Stitch and the endless sequels. But oh my gosh, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like they, it's it's a very corporate company with a lot of people on the board and a lot of people deciding whether or not they should spend the money on this or that. And you know, it's like I, I guess at some point they just call it a day and be like, you know what, this isn't going to happen. We're just going to pull the plug. So uh, it's too bad. Uh, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe Benioff and Weiss were like, screw it, let's go to Netflix, more money. I mean, that being said, if Dave and and John are able to handle all the shows and not, uh, it'd be too much for them to handle at once, I'm totally happy with them just controlling the entire ship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they've done totally, like, totally. Everything they've done so far has just turned to absolute gold, so... Well, and I, uh, I very much eagerly await the day that Dave Filoni directs a movie. Um, yeah, that'd be great. It's going to happen. It's, it's got to happen. And you know, I feel like he's got to be on people's radar now that he's done Mandalorian, right? He's, yeah. Like, it's got to be on the way. And this is how George trained him, too. I mean, he trained him doing Clone Wars to think of it as a big screen theatric. So, uh, you know, technically with Clone Wars the movie, I guess, I forget if that was directed by him or not, but, um, you know, being a showrunner on it, he obviously had a lot to do with it. And so he's got some experience there, but... You know, many years have gone by since that movie, and you know, public critique uh, loves Mandalorian, and you know, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do a theatrical film. But you know, a couple of years goes by, we'll see. Um, next on the list, we got uh, we got the Kenobi movie, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi: A Star Wars Story. Once again, one of those sub-labeled movies that just got canned. We are getting anthology film. Anthology film, yes, thank you. That's what it was. Star uh, Wars anthology film. Yes, the Star Wars anthology series. Uh, now, of course, kind of like B- Boba Fett being transformed and the legacy of that in the spirit of a Disney Plus show, uh, it's the same thing. You know, I'm not too heartbroken that the movie was canceled because I'm very much looking forward to this series. Agreed. Hayden Christensen returning as as Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker, assuming we get some maybe some uh, flashbacks of Clone Wars or something. Uh, it's going to be cool. And uh, like Mando, they're using stagecraft to tell the story of Obi-Wan in the desert on Tatooine, uh, or so we thought he's on the desert. Maybe he's going elsewhere. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be six episodes long, so a short season, and uh, ten years after the events of episode three, so halfway between three and four. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. So I'm, not- I'm really interested how they're going to make it work because we know... He needs to probably be pretty close to Tatooine, and if he leaves, it's got to be very brief. Yeah. Because he got to be back to look after Luke. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not heartbroken at all about this movie because we get a show that's probably got a lot more content to it anyways. So, you know. Again, I feel like shows like this, 
because I feel like maybe it's because of Tatooine. It's got to be like a really old west kind of feel, really slow. Yeah. Uh, similar to the first season of Mandalorian, I guess is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And you can't really do that in a movie these days. I know. I know if I go back and rewatch a lot of the old West movies, like the pacing is so good. Like it, it actually feels somewhat realistic in that regard. Whereas every single modern movie I watch, at least Hollywood, is just so crammed full of stuff. It just feels like you're sprinting. Yeah. I just try to throw in so many ideas at once, right? And yeah. It's just. It ruins the movie, in my opinion. I think that was part of the problem with the sequels. It just felt like it was just all rushed. Too many cooks in the kitchen as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the sequels, next up on the list is uh, George's sequels. Uh, probably the most important uh, thing on this entire list, in my opinion. Um, and the last of the canceled movies. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of conversation over this podcast has transpired about these movies. So, you know, I don't want to fixate them for like, uh, you know, we could do an entire episode just on these movies alone. So um, we won't make it too long. But uh, I will say out of everything on this list, this, I think, is the most important title out of all of them. Because it's what would have changed what Star Wars looks like today, uh, as well as the Disney Plus shows. It would have altered pretty much everything uh, because the idea of the sequels beginning with the rewrites of the force on uh the force awakens uh was originally uh as we know george's outline being tossed out the window uh was very different compared to what disney ended up delivering us and uh you know we don't really know too much about his versions of the movies but just out of curiosity what do you remember from those initial announcements of disney buying luke's film and the announcement that George would stay on as a creative consultant and that the writer was uh, Michael Arndt, who did Toy Story 3. He was the screenwriter. Mm, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, what else do you remember about that? I I think you described most of it. I remember George was supposed to still be involved. And I thought that it was going to happen was Disney was going to distribute it and it would be under the Disney brand, but George would still remain as, like, somewhat in creative control. Bit of a showrunner on it, in a way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So he would be, maybe not making the final shots, but he would have, like, creative involvement. Yeah. And that's why he picked Kathleen Kennedy. He'd worked with her before. And she was going to, I guess, be the middleman between George and Disney. Yeah, the, the Georgia sequels are the reason why I think, or part of the reason why Kathy is running the show still at Lucasfilm because he wanted someone who he knew and trusted to uh, help him produce his movies. Even though Bob Iger had not promised him that they would make those movies when he sold the company, uh, you know they they were aware of that. But he did turn over what he had done in early pre-production. Uh, with the hope that they would make those movies. And I guess in a creative meeting without George's knowledge, they just decided not to do it. And then they kind of, you know, they kind of told him at one point, like, hey, so this is what we're going to do. And then he's like, well, why do I need to stay if you're just going to change everything, right? Like, there's no point me staying on as creative consultant if... There's Did George to... walk away then in that regard? Yeah, like he's he's gone on the... Char- it was the, There was a big Charlie Rose interview 
um, about these, about his experience. Is this um, the white slavers interview? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and it's, uh, it's an hour long. So, you know, I don't want to play any, any particular, uh, section. Um, obviously we, if nobody's seen or heard of it before, you know, I urge people to look it up, but, uh, you know, he basically just kind of, this was in 2016 that he did it and, uh, or 2015, I believe. And, uh, he just kind of, that was when force awakens hit the movie theater and he just kind of unleashed his inner feelings about what he thought about Disney's star Wars and how, how sad it made him basically. Right. Uh, so, and, and ironically enough in me saying that there's been a lot of headlines more recently about George's ex-wife coming out and also saying that these movies have disgraced what, what George has done, um, in both Phantom Menace and, uh, the original Star Wars movies. Uh, she's gone on record to say that the killing of Han Solo really affected her deeply, um, in more, yeah. in more ways than one. And she's not very I believe. In regards to that, she said that the people writing the sequels trilogy, they don't understand Star Wars if they would kill off on Solo. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So this was a very recent news. So uh, all the more relevant in talking about these movies. Um, but uh, in short, um, one of the most interesting books that Disney's ever published is called The Art of the Force Awakens. And that's because The Force Awakens being episode seven, even though it's not marketed as episode seven, um, uh, it doesn't even seem like episode seven. What the heck? But uh, uh, it, in that book, uh, they did group together all the pre-production of what would have been George's episode seven. Um, so in that, in saying that there are some very early conceptualized artwork pieces in that concept art book uh, that are derived from the Michael Arndt script of George's outline. Um, and it depicts a... Uh, a redheaded ish or brown is it she's redheaded ish or, or i don't know is a girl jedi and her name was going to be kira and uh there was a boy uh older teen uh which would have been he was referred to as sam and uh mostly depicted as like a young han solo-esque character with a blaster and uh kira and sam eventually morphed into what became ray and finn uh, which were older characters by about 10 years their senior. So Kira and Sam would have been like 15 and 17. Um, and uh, Ray and Finn are in their early to then mid-20s by the end of the trilogy. So Lucas's sequel would have had a different age group of targeted characters, um, late high school age kind of thing, more like Spider-Man age, I guess, which would have been still mm -hmm. kind of different from... Older than little Annie, but not as, uh, uh, or maybe just about as old as uh, as uh, Episode Two, Anakin Skywalker. About that, but probably you know a lot less moody. So, <laughs> um, it would have also had a very different depiction of Luke Skywalker, and uh, likely not killing off Han Solo. Um, Do they get into the different? You mean different than the sequels yes oh, different than what okay. we have already yeah not um, from return of the jedi different okay right. i just wanted to clarify that because like i think what we got was a different version of luke skywalker so yeah and and in saying that like uh, i believe in in the rumors of what would have happened they still had plans to kill luke skywalker but um i i don't know if it would have happened at the same time he also would have had a much larger part 
uh, yeah. in the it movies. probably would have been more of an Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, he would have had yeah. a much larger substantial... I mean, he's not really in The Force Awakens. He's in there for like 30 seconds, not even, right? So it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not... I think that's why Mark Hamill also had a lot of adjusting to to get used to the way that the movies were eventually done because he had his own you know creative thoughts as to what it would be like to come back as Luke Skywalker again and yeah probably the same more aligned version as how George depicted it right so at least that's the way that I think about it um I also recall that George's version would would have dealt a lot more with midichlorians. Yes. So uh, he said in his words, which are not meant to be taken literally, um, would have focused in on diving into the microbiotic world of Star Wars, which would like get into the the plot threads that he set up in The Phantom Menace with uh, midichlorians. And uh, it's taken very literally that the midi-chlorians are the force. I, I just did an episode explaining the force and, and what midi-chlorians are uh, for anyone who really doesn't understand them too well. Um, it ties into many, many things. And the force is not one singular thing. Like that's the, the beauty about Star Wars and myth, the mythology itself is that the force is always this mystery thing, right? Like, you know, you can never really get to the bottom of it. And throughout the animated shows, we've had even more that expands it. You know, we've had the the wills of the four, the, the the prophecies, like or the sorry, the priestesses, and uh, the anchorites on Mortis, and uh, the the bogan or whatever, the Bendu, sorry, uh, from yeah. Star Wars Rebels. Like, there's been so much added into this this larger thing, and you know, and uh, the midi chlorians are just this one little element that connect Force users to this greater power, and so him in saying it would have dived into a microbiotic world i don't think we're going you know magic school bus into yeah when i first read it i thought like magic school <laughs> yeah. bus they like shrink down and go into someone's bloodstream right yeah because we all remember that stuff I grew up with that so um yeah I, I i don't think it's to be taken literally like that but you know george and his way of communicating what he was saying is we would have dived into the the topic of where the story is coming from because his initial conception of star wars was that the wills are telling the story of star wars and that somebody's told this story in the in the present time because every movie starts out with a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away somebody brought that story to us and that's his idea of star wars right so uh the idea of the sequels was to finish that story and to kind of give us that complete view of of uh, just where this story comes from and like who's who's behind all the who's behind the will of the force and you know this and that it really would have completed our view of the prophecy of the chosen one and what Luke's purpose is in being his son and and it would have really given us the proper sequels that I think Star Wars fans deserved after watching mysterious threads in the Phantom Menace like midi-chlorians right things that we're like well why is this here um and I think I think we still, as fans, we deserve some of that stuff. Like I think we all long for the maker's story, mm-hmm. and and you know, and in, in saying that, we're probably never going to get it. But um, I bet the term "metachlorian" is never referenced again, and maybe in the no. comics, but I doubt it'll ever come come up again. Actually, in the Mandalorian, they said "m count." Oh. Yeah, that's close. It's close. It's they didn't close. want to use that's the whole Dave, word. Though. I mean, that's that's Dave Filoni uh, bringing back the uh, 
bring it back yeah. to the, the Lucas into the Star Wars, right? I but, wonder if he would have said Bedichlorians if uh, Disney would be like, nope. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so let's use M count and sneak it in there. Maybe maybe it was some like some derpy intern at Skywalker Sound who was like you know he cut the midi chlor out of the word and just <laughs> just kept the or itty chlorian is like that's just the M count yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the hero of his hometown if we publish an episode that you know takes out the whole word but anyway it's not it, midi chlorians are not to be afraid of I mean if you're a Star Wars fan you hate them you know I I, I hope. Uh, uh, between this episode and the fourth episode that, uh, you know, we're able to kind of change your perspective on midi-chlorines. But, you know, if you continue to hate them, you know, that's, that's, that's your opinion. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to that's anyway, Georgia sequels, everybody. That's, I would have loved to have seen it. I know you would have loved I, to see them. I at least want the scripts to be released. I want to read it. I'm really curious if they even do some like spinoff book or something. Yeah. I'd be interested. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know Lucas's opinions on the sequels that we did get. Uh, obviously, the episode nine had a negative reaction amongst most people, you know, including the fans, as well as episode eight. Uh, and I know some people do tend to like episode seven quite a bit, but it is the one responsible for setting up what we got. <laughs> um, and uh, in my own opinion, I think what would have been the proper setup is something that uh, maybe they start to look into their own ideas after they consult George on the first one, and then maybe they can go from there, right? Uh, that way you get this nice blending area <laughs> uh, of, oh, George, you finished episode six. What would have you have done with episode seven? And then, you know, have it go from there, right? But they didn't even do that with their own directors. They they made one movie, and then they went to another director. They did that movie, and, like, it had nothing to do with the last movie. And it's like, man, I, I mean... <laughs> Okay, like they, yeah, like we give them flack for not really using George's outline, but now they're not even really properly consulting their own team of writers to cr- construct a proper trilogy of consistency. You know, now it's True. just going point A to point B to point A again, and it's like, okay, do you they, know how to make a trilogy? <laughs> they basically, I'm not sure if it was officially announced, but at least it became very apparent that they never really had a game plan to go through. It was really just. It was a baton pass, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You give to the next director, and they just they just pick up where they want to go, and exactly. then the next guy's just got to pick up from there and figure it out. And instead, and that basically just ended up giving us a really mishmash story where things are really inconsistent. Yeah, and kind of all over the place. And this was why I was really excited for the George Lucas take on it because George is a great story writer he's a great idea man but he's just not very good at writing scripts yeah he's not good at dialogue yeah and, yeah yeah but his stories are awesome yeah he's he's an imaginative storyteller but when it comes down to the details he's just not as you know yeah he's not, not good as, at the execution yeah and again i think it's, it's just that communication ability right yeah i, I could see that because yeah. if you watch interviews with him he is very awkward. He's definitely introvert. Like he's yeah. a, a he's like a nerdy guy, right? Yeah, like yeah. He'd rather be w- working on something than like talking to people, right? But uh, the point I was getting at though is I was really excited for this George's sequels because George would have it would have been like the original trilogy, mm-hmm. like excluding A New Hope, but like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, where the ideas were George's, 
but someone else wrote the script and directed. Yeah. And I think yeah. those are the best films. Yeah. And, you know, in saying that with episode five and six, which were the two I think you're referring to in that sense, um, he has gone on record to say that he pretty much babysat like every he was there every day behind the lens, behind the director's shoulder, just telling them what to do. And that's the reason why he did the prequels, because all his friends said, look, you're basically doing it on like you're kind of guiding your chosen director anyways. Like, why don't you just do it like to do your own movies? So that's why he did the prequels, because that was the process. Like aside from the change up in in writers for specifically dialogue, uh, because on the other movies, he did have help with the script, you know, Lawrence Kasdan so on and so forth. Uh, but the actual director behind the lens was a combination of him and somebody else. And the somebody else got, got credited for it. But, uh, you know, in reality, he was the one driving absolutely everything and making all the calls and telling everyone what he wanted. And, you know, I think you're right. Like the best combination is a, is a mix of that plus others who can kind of refine his ideas. Um, not that I mean George is an amazing filmmaker. Like when when I watch the prequels and stuff, I mean, you know, for him getting all these shots are just some of them are amazing, right? Uh, and uh, with the technology developed to do that, but uh, but yeah, it is it is always going to be more work dealing with other people when you're having a, a a refined process like episode five and six. So you know, there's a lot there's a lot to it, and, and I guess he just preferred to just do it himself in the end. So well, I think he was pressured into it, but what we got from, I guess the prequels, like I, I'm always talking this from like, I guess a quality standpoint, because yeah. again, the story was great, Yeah. but the execution I do feel could have been better for the prequels. And thankfully we got clone wars. And all stuff. I think it's kind of filling the gaps of what George was trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah. But we could have had that perfect situation again for the sequels, and then Disney screwed it up. Yeah, Disney screwed it up for sure, yeah. Because, I mean, and Dave is that buffer zone. Like, we had that during Clone Wars. Like, George walked in the room, I want a story for this. And then Dave and his team would just come up with it and execute it. And sometimes it was, like, a fluffy episode, like the, the Zillow Beast or whatever, you know, Godzilla. And then other times it was really awesome. And, you know, eventually we got what became a crazy crazy show like the clone wars like season five six and you know the final season like it, insane like it's like you would never expect that from a show like that back when it first came out like it's like blew my mind so um yeah it's it's definitely like george is the thinker and then when he has other people doing his his jobs that you get the best results Yep, agreed. I really want us to get back to a point where Disney and him can collaborate again. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, all right, let's move on here. We got one very subtle, quick mention: revived shows, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I don't think anyone, any one of us, saw it coming back. Uh, no. But after years was... of protesting, we had to mention it. Yeah, I mean, it was such a great series, and then Disney thought, "Oh, we could just do it for cheaper." Yeah. And it it was never the same. No. No, Star Wars Rebels did not fill the void of Clone Wars. It didn't tell the same story. And uh, as much as it tried, as much as Dave tried to use Rebels as a vessel to complete some of the storylines, it was still not Clone Wars. Um, so, 
thank you to Disney for allowing Dave to at least finish some of the episodes that he had planned. There is like 20-something-odd episodes we still don't have, which are still indefinitely canceled, which is also why it kind of stays on this list. Uh, but whether we get those or not, at least we have a finale, and at least we have some closure. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, we have a bunch of coming soon shows. Obviously, we already mentioned Obi-Wan, Book of Boba. Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be next year, I think, as well as Andor, which is going to be a Rogue One prequel. And, uh, of course, we're also looking forward to the live-action Ahsoka show, Bad Batch Season 2 next year. And uh, we've been really getting into all this higher public content lately with the books and the comics and this and that. The Acolyte is going to be premiering in a couple of years, and that will be the tail end of the higher public, which is about 50 to 70 years before The Phantom Menace. I wonder, this is something I feel like Star Wars keeps doing, and I find it really annoying. They make something, and then they go back and make something in front of it. Yeah, they're, they're always jumping around the timeline, making all these It's really annoying, stuff. Right now, it's three, it's, like, it's three different eras right now. They got the High Republic era, they've got the New Republic era, which is, you know, Mando and all this and that. And then they're also uh, producing shows in the, uh, I forget the name of the era now, Rise of the Empire or something, which is Kenobi and Andor hmm. and all that, yeah. Post Sith, yeah. yeah. Post Post Sith, yeah. But like Andor, or sorry, Andor is an example because they made Rogue One and they're like, oh, let's make another story about like the character Andor and Cassian. So they just go back in time and do it in front, which is kind of annoying because now the the actors like aged because it's been several years since that movie came out. Since so the actors got to be what five years older. Um. Yeah. It's it's something like that. Yeah. It's aged a little bit. So. so like it's not too bad, but it's the it's making the point, and I'm getting it here. And then now they're going to do the exact same thing uh, again. Uh, with they're they're setting up to have to do it again with the High Republic. Yeah, because they're going to make this like you said, they're going to make a a, a series, a episodic series at the end of the era, and then they're going to go backwards. Let's be honest, that's what they're going to do because at the end. So then. Why not just start at the at the beginning, especially because there's a whole new thing. Yeah, the, yeah. It, like in a couple of years, we'll get. You're saying we'll get like the old republic, like even before the high republic, right? Well, they'll probably go back like ten, fifteen years and do like a prequel to some character. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last thing on this list is the Lando series, which also, you know, with that in mind, it's like, is this series a prequel to the Solo movie or is it a sequel to the Solo movie? Or is it something completely different? Is it like, is it going to be Billy D in like post Return of the Jedi era kind of thing, right? Um, That'd be interesting. We don't know. Like, they, they haven't released any details. Yeah. Like when this, was this announced? This was announced in the full slate in uh, um, uh, in 2020 uh, with all the other shows, with all like Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka. It was just yeah. announced in that massive wave of content, Star Wars Visions, right? Um, it was all announced in one go so this is the other this is the one that we know very very little about like next to none um aside from same with rangers but at least rangers we kind of knew where it was coming from like this one we don't even know i think what it's about the official description is everyone's favorite scoundrel lando calrissian will return in a brand new event series for disney plus uh justin uh simon creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan is developing the story. That's it. That's all it says. 
doesn't no date, no nothing. Just a logo for the title, and that's it. So yeah, I missed that one the first time around. Or it's been so yeah. long since I've seen that image. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's on the uh, on the outline that we have here. You click the <laughs> link, but yeah. So I mean, lots to look forward to. Obviously, uh, there was more. There's always more, and and there's always stuff that gets canceled. Uh, you know, Rangers being probably the most uh, the most uh, recent title in our entire list here. But I mean, with the revive of Clone Wars and a ton of content from Dave and John coming our way, uh, you know, I think Star Wars has a pretty bright future going forward. And you know, doing these last two episodes with the, the title of Rip Star Wars. Um, you know, we, we, it's called rip Star Wars because obviously we love Star Wars and we hate to see stuff get canceled. Um, but, uh, sure. sometimes it's for the best. Sometimes yeah, some, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sometimes some things are a welcome cancellation, but most of the time it's like there would have been stuff that we would have loved to have played or seen or whatever. Um, I think the most important thing to take from these last two episodes is that, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we can look forward to. Agreed. And yeah, I'm excited. It's not too far out to get uh, Boba Fett here, so it's going to be sweet. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think uh, that's pretty much pretty much the end of uh, what we had planned today. Is there any last minute kind of things that you want to talk about today or, uh, or talk about that we summarized uh, <laughs> that we yeah. talked about today? <laughs> Well, I'm excited that there should be a lot more Star Wars games coming out because it's no longer controlled by EA. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Boba Fett this fall. Visions was cool. Uh, we'll, we'll do a chat about that as well in a different episode. But, um, you know, really looking forward to Kenobi. I think that's going to be probably a highlight of mine. Seeing Hayden as Anakin again is like... It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's. A big I mean, they deal. they tease. They've been teasing that for years. That was supposed to happen in the sequels, and then just didn't go anywhere. They talked about it in Rogue One. Didn't happen. Yeah. No. And now it's gonna happen. Can't go back now unless unless. Yeah. No. They can't. They can't cancel this. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you in the next one. Uh, as always, we'll catch you. On the, yeah. We'll catch you in the next one. Got a blast. <laughs> There it is, everyone. There it is. <laughs> All right. And uh, thank you to uh, everyone tuning in at home. You know, it's always great to uh, get your feedback. So if you ever want to leave a really nice review on Apple Podcasts uh, or any podcasting platform that you're using that supports reviews, uh, you know, feel free to drop one on there. Five stars always helps. Uh, helps the algorithms, helps people, other Star Wars fans find our show. And, uh, you know, we always like to see our listener count go up. So, uh, you know, it works out for everyone. If you need to get in touch with us, you can uh, send us a tweet at SW Escape Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on the Insta, the Instagram. It's pretty new. Uh, and uh, just uh, we just post our newest episodes, you know, the odd photo here and there, whatever. Uh, email is uh, SWEscapePodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we also have a speakpipe.com voicemail address you can send in a voice recording and uh, we'd love to play it on the show as we uh, listen to voice voicemails it's not very common in fact you probably noticed that uh, nobody does it so <laughs> you know you're welcome to be a first and uh, send us a voicemail you can also send it via the email address uh, we got lots coming up on the show as well as uh, star wars visions review 
and uh, likely more What Happened episodes and uh, so much more. So, until next time, as always, may the force be with you, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>